This is News Talk 980 CKNW. It's time to check in with Rick Forchuk, as we do every Sunday morning. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, and people are not going to the movies like they used to. I think, Jill, there are more people walking around the streets of Vancouver early in the morning <laughs> watching the movie shoots than there are in the theaters. Yeah, why go to the film when you can just see Ryan Reynolds on the street? Exactly. You know, last weekend was the worst at the box office in 16 years. I expect when the numbers are in for this weekend, it will be even worse. Uh, two problems here, Jill. Uh, one is that there are no decent products that have been released in the last few weeks. And two, people are just not going to theaters this summer as they have in summers past. When the distributors and studios try to entice us with old movies and re-release, that is just not a very good strategy. And it has, a, has proven to be really disastrous financially. So here are the slim pickings this weekend. And I'm going to start with Viceroy's House. Now, this is an ambitious and somewhat disturbing movie. It's best viewed by doing a little history lesson first to at least get a better understanding for those not of the countries of India and Pakistan and Bangladesh as to where they exist geographically and what happened during and after the partition of India in 1947. Initially, it looked a little like the television series Upstairs, Downstairs, where we viewed the help in a significant British family of wealth, pomp, and circumstances, meeting colonial India. Now, there's romance of a sort between a Hindu staffer in the house of the final viceroy of India, that final viceroy, Lord Louis Mountbatten, and a Muslim woman played, uh, by, uh, <clears throat> played very, very well here by whom Qureshi. Uh, Jeet and Alaya are the couple. Uh, Manish Dayal from The Hundred Foot Journey plays Jeet. Uh, the picture belongs, however, to Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey and Gillian Anderson, of all people, from The X-Files. She is terrific here. Uh, they are the vice-regal couple sent to India to create an easy and sensitive transition of power from 300 years of British rule to independence. Now, the Viceroy House employed 500 people. It was the epitome of British colonialism. Everything was vidi vidi proper uh, when Mountbatten and his lady Edwina arrived, but simmering below the surface was a political minefield centuries in the making that would become Mountbatten's tragic legacy. Now, there are some great portrayals here, with an amazing turn for Gandhi uh, by Niraj Kabi and a diabolical portrayal of Muslim League leader Jinnah by Denzel Smith. The film moves along with all of the plodding that one might expect from a product of BBC films. But as it gets into the politics of partition, it becomes clear that there's much afoot here for the British, for which they would answer later, as well as the Americans and the Russians to a lesser degree. Fracturing India along religious lines led to the largest displacement of population in the history of our planet, and it caused more than one million deaths. Now, the director of this film and the co-writer of the script is Gorinda Chada. She's the same woman that directed Bend It Like Beckham. She has a personal stake in all of this, as her own grandmother, seen in the closing credits, was one of the many displaced, confined to a refugee camp and thought lost or dead. It's a great tribute to that woman that her granddaughter would create such an exceptional film, although things do not end well for many, many people as a result of what happened during this time. Uh, the movie was released in Britain in March, and last month a subtitled version was released in India and Pakistan at the 70th anniversary of Partition. It was released widely this week to the rest of the world, although I could find it playing in just one art house in Los Angeles and in two small theaters in New York City, so it definitely will not make any splash at the box office. It's one of those films that we should all see, but it's more of a history lecture than an entertainment piece in many respects. The rating is 14A. It was actually shot in the actual Viceroy's house, which is now Government House in India, Joe.
Hmm. And it does seem like Gillian Anderson stands out from the rest of the cast. Oh, she does. She's just exceptional here. Uh, not only was the person, Edwina, that she played an exceptional woman, uh, but Anderson captures all of that. And there's a mix of newsreel footage and the actual footage and also photographs from the time. And it's hard to tell that, uh, you know, which one is which. She is so well into the role. All right, uh, that uh, one, uh, like you said, not not going to be an action-packed film, but uh, you might learn a thing or two. Yeah, you'll learn a lot, exactly, and it's helpful if you do a little bit of homework before you go. Otherwise, you won't be going, huh, where's that? <laughs> who, who are these people? All right, so let's move on. You probably don't need to do any homework to see uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, 40th anniversary edition. It's a summer where we've seen the re-release of Terminator 2. I'd say this one is a better choice as Richard Dreyfuss plays lineman Roy Neary, who's had an encounter with an alien species. He's drawn to a wilderness wilderness mountain. Now, Jill, for people much under the age of 50, they've probably never seen this film in the theater and really have no idea how spectacular it is. It's one of those that's never been seen in the big UVX formats at at, uh, Cineplex. Worth a look if you like good sci-fi. Steven Spielberg directed. But remember, it is 40 years old. It's not a new release, and it's not going to do much business. All right. Uh, So are people watching on their streaming devices? Where are people getting their entertainment now? Well, yeah, they're getting a lot from the streaming devices. You know, Netflix, um, Amazon Prime, Crave TV, all doing extremely well. I'm going to tell you about The Mist. Uh, I don't know if you've encountered this on Netflix yet, Jill. It's been out for a couple of weeks. It's based on the Stephen King thriller that's already been a movie once back in 2007. It gets the series treatment this time, which is just great for binge-watching. Set in a small town in Maine, but shot in Nova Scotia, the story this time departs a great deal from the original original book. Uh, A mist rolls into town, and that's how both the book and the first movie presented things. Uh, But then something in the mist began ripping the townsfolk to shreds. Well, this time we get all that, but we also get an offshoot of the mist that drives people crazy. Many of the townsfolk are hiding out in a shopping mall, which under these circumstances is a pretty scary place itself. An international cast offers fresh faces and a different outlook as the action plays out. Uh, It is a 14A rating, a mature rating. That's The Mist on Netflix, Jill. All right. I have seen it. I have not checked it out there. I've only seen the... the poster for it. I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, it's got it's got good parts and bad parts. You know, like many of these kinds of situations, uh, some of the episodes get a little draggy as they try to uh, move towards the wrap-up, but overall, I like it. All right. So we also have Narcos. Yeah, Narcos TV series on Netflix. It started in 2015. This is season three. It's just exceptional. It returns to the streaming service this week as the continuing exploits of drug kingpin Pablo Escobar spin out with some of the most exceptional plotting and characterizations to be found in a TV series anywhere. Wagner Mora was just outstanding as Escobar. As season three opens, he's now dead. Uh, but much like Tony Soprano, he had both a gentle, caring family side to him, as well as the brutal actions that made certain the cartel knew exactly who was the boss. Escobar, during his best years, Jill, uh, best is an arguable term, smuggled $70 million of cocaine each week, resulting in profits of $20 billion a year. And he spent $3,000 a month on elastic bands alone just to wrap up his sheaves of bills. Uh, the rating 18A here, that's Narcos. Interesting. Uh, Inception from 2010. Yeah, great movie. And uh, Christopher Nolan still has a film in many theaters right now, Dunkirk. Uh, he's done extremely well here with Leo DiCaprio as a researcher who can get inside other people's dreams. And it's quite remarkable to recognize the scope of Christopher Nolan's imagination here. Uh, the winner of four Oscars, the movie's imagination and 
outstanding special effects were mostly not created by computer-generated imagery, but rather more grounded means. It's a film to which one must pay close attention, otherwise you might find yourself asking, what the heck just happened? Uh, Thomas Hardy, Ellen Page, Joseph Gordon-Levitt also star 14A rating. That's Inception. It is on Netflix, and it's good. All right. Uh, What's uh, over on Amazon Prime? Uh, Prime has got room. If you haven't seen this movie from 2015, uh, this is just a superb Oscar winner in which Brie Larson had her breakout role. A good chance to catch it now if you missed it. Larson is Ma, mother to Jack, played by Vancouver's Jacob Trombley, a young boy of about 10 who's been confined by an abductor and sexual predator to one single windowless room. Now, she has no idea where it is, whether it's part of a building, a house, or something else. The only natural light comes from a skylight high up in the ceiling. Uh, Jack, her son's entire world, is the room. Uh, She does a remarkable job of teaching him and bringing some semblance of normalcy to his life in between nocturnal visits by her abductor. She recognizes that as Jack gets older, he might be seen as a threat by the man, so she begins to plot Jack's escape. An exceptionally done film, and uh, it's not quite as dodgy as you might think, given the, uh, the, the sort of look at it and the overall look at it, Jill. It's uh, a little easier to watch, and you might think, given the subject matter. 14A rating, that's room. That's what I found when I first watched it. I was very reluctant because I thought it would be very difficult to watch, but they've done it in a way, it's a, it's a very good film, and it doesn't, it's not, it's exactly what you said. It's not as bad as you, you might think it would be. Yep, exactly. Um, Big Brother, I can't believe this show is still on, but clearly someone is watching it. Uh, somebody really is. I mention this because it's the only network show tonight that is not a repeat. Uh, this season of Big Brother has been the meanest, the most conniving, and the sleaziest ever. And that seems to be a good thing because the ratings have been just excellent. Uh, because of the Labor Day weekend, most networks have abdicated new programming in favor of other things that nobody else will watch. Uh, but Big Brother, tonight on Global Show. There you have it. Thank you so much, Rick. We will check in with you. Hopefully people get back to the theaters, and we'll check in with you again next weekend. Yeah, well, big, 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 big movie in theaters next weekend we'll talk about, and that is Stephen King's It. That's Ooh. going to bring a lot of folks to the theaters. That will, for sure. All right. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Joe. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.